Cristiano Ronaldo as 176 million. Ariana Grande as 160 million. Selena Gomez as 154 million. Kim Kardashian as 144 million. What I'm talking about, of course, is Instagram followers. Uh, Instagram followers are not proper friends, of course. They don't pop around for a, for a coffee or a chat. Uh, if they did, actually, Cristiano Ronaldo would have to cater for 483,000 buddies every day and just seeing them once a year. And all of those would come in, just 483,000, and he would soon run out of his millions, I think, or billions, whatever he's got. As a society, we have never been so connected, actually. And yet the experts tell us that we are living through the age of loneliness, and it is getting worse. In 2018, the government appointed its first minister for loneliness. I think her name was Tracy Crouch. I don't know if she survived the Boris reshuffle. Uh, we are told by the government that loneliness uh, is affecting all age groups now not just the elderly. Uh, because loneliness is different from isolation. It's, uh, it's affecting everyone. Theresa May called it one of the greatest public health challenges of our time. So this evening, I don't know why, but I thought let's talk about loneliness. Uh, I want to talk to you about this subject. I want to ask three questions. How should we as Christians re understand it? And uh, secondly, what causes Loneliness, what factors? Uh, and finally, what is the remedy for our loneliness? And throwing from those three questions, uh, we'll be better placed now. We should respond to it in our lives and how we should support people around us. Now, to help us do this, well, I'll just give you a talk. Of course, we go through the Bible here, expository, and we allow the Bible to shape the subject. And so we are looking at a passage, I think, that deals with loneliness in the life of the Apostle Paul. Now, when I was thinking about this issue of loneliness and the people in the scriptures, there were many people I could think of who were very lonely. I think of Edgar, I think, in Genesis 16, I think, running away from, um, from our home, from Sarah and Abraham, and uh, finding herself very, very lonely. They're crying out that she would just die. And of course, God intervened. Oh, I could think of David in Psalm 6. Where he cries out, you know, answer me when I call God of my righteousness. You, you know, that's Psalm 4 actually, but in Psalm, in Psalm 6, he cries the same thing. Because in Psalm 4, he's lonely. In Psalm 6, he's crying out. In Psalm 13, he talks about that as well, isn't it? His loneliness. So you could look at Psalm 13 as well. Uh, David experienced loneliness. There are many people. We could think of Elijah. Remember Elijah said, oh, everybody has left me. I'm the only one left. And he was very, very lonely. Or we could think of Jonah outside Nineveh, a state of deep loneliness. But I thought we look at Paul because even though we see Paul as a man, a people person, right? Uh, so we wouldn't expect him to feel alone. But actually, as Paul went towards the end of his life, uh, he found himself imprisoned in the infamous Mamertine prison in the bowels of Rome. This was his second imprisonment in Rome. And while Paul was imprisoned in Rome, Paul wrote to Timothy the final letter of his apostolic ministry. The letter we now know as 2 Timothy. That's the final letter that Paul wrote. 
And in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 9 to verse 18, which you just looked at, Paul opens his heart to Timothy and talks about the lonely situation that he's facing. And I think this passage teaches us three things about loneliness. First of all, I want us to look at the reality of loneliness, or the nature of loneliness, the reality of loneliness. Every human being at some point of their life experiences loneliness. Uh, This is true for those who do not follow Jesus and those who follow Jesus. It is true for mature Christian and it's true for new Christian. You see, loneliness is a bit like allergies. It's not so much that, it's not so much as I have it or I don't have it. It's better to see loneliness as a continuum or a spectrum of severity. So on the one end, loneliness is simply feeling uneasy because we are alone at a given moment. Right? Maybe because a close friend is away or we've gone through a marital situation where we now find ourselves by ourselves and we just have that uneasy feeling of being alone. We are desiring to love and be loved back and we're not getting that. That's what the very, that's at the one extreme end. At the other extreme end, it is a chronic state of emptiness that leads to such despair that if the void itself is not filled, it may even lead to suicide. I was reading a report by the Samaritans and they point out in the cases they've looked at, one in three cases of suicide, loneliness was a contributing factor. So literally loneliness can take away people's lives. People die of loneliness. The the apostle point in this passage is somewhere in between. He is alone in a Roman prison, waiting for his death, and he doesn't like it. He's not suicidal, but he's also lonely, and he doesn't like being somewhere between the spectrum. Uh, Let's look at verse 9 there. He's writing to Timothy, and he's opening up, isn't he? Verse 9 to 11, he says this, Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crisis has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he's very useful to me for ministry. We might say Paul uh, is suffering from human loneliness because he's longing to see Mark, he's longing to see Timothy, but it's in the context in which people are no longer there whom he had come to rely on. Some for good reasons, some for bad reasons. But he's alone. He misses being with his friends. He really wants to be with them. And it's great that Dr. Luke is around, but it is not enough. He wants more. Timothy himself just coming. He needs more than that. He needs Mac as well. And yet, Paul is not in a deep void of despair. He's not turning to alcohol to drown his sorrows. He's not thinking about taking his life. On the contrary, Paul is optimistic about life. Look at this. Um, Look at that verse when Paul speaks there, uh, particularly in verse, um, um, let's read that, verse 17. Uh, He says, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. 
We notice how he hands, verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. In fact, even as death knocks for him, he is sure that the future has never been brighter. Look at verse 6 to verse 8. You see that, isn't it? For I'm already being poured out. I'm dying. I'm, I'm going to be killed soon. I'm, gonna be, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. But then this is what he says. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid out for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, who award to me that day. And not only to me, but to also who have loved his appearing. He's optimistic. Paul feels lonely as a human being, but this is not spiritual loneliness. He knows Jesus is with him. He knows that Jesus is nourishing his soul with hope and faith. And this tells us something about the nature or the reality of loneliness. It tells us this. All human beings experience the unwelcome feelings of being cut off from people. That's human loneliness, or we might call it interpersonal loneliness. But this human loneliness is worsened if we are also spiritually lonely, if we are disconnected from the God who made us and who has come to be with us in the person of Jesus. If we don't have the Holy Spirit living in us, actually the human loneliness becomes quite compounded. And Paul here is showing us that human loneliness is a fact of life, but you do not have to face human loneliness alone because God has come to be with you in the person of Jesus. And the key for you to is that, that you need to admit that you may well be experiencing human loneliness. And then look to God to remedy that. Now, this is hard for you to do. It's actually harder for Christians, I would say, to admit that Yes, they are not spiritually lonely, but they do suffer from human loneliness. There is a lot of stigma around loneliness. You know, as a pastor, I, people queue up to remind me that they are depressed. They queue up to remind me that. But I, very few people admit to me that they feel lonely. They were admit to being depressed, but they won't admit that they're actually lonely. Now, that's quite interesting because the experts tell us where one is present, one is most likely there. And the impact of both is just as severe. But people are unwilling to admit they are lonely because they fear being labeled as a loser or weird. And if you are married and admit you are lonely to a friend, they will quickly conclude your marriage is on the rocks and you feel ashamed. You feel like a failure in your marriage just by admitting, you know, I feel quite lonely even in my relationship. But we are seeing here that Paul is not ashamed to, to, to admit that he's lonely. Elijah admitted that I am the only one left. I am all alone. And I just wonder this evening as you sit here, what about you? Are you willing to be open that there are times when you feel Lonely, that you are on that spectrum of loneliness. Now you may ask, how do I go about knowing whether I am lonely or not? 
Well, one way is to look for subtle signs of loneliness in your life. Are you always feeling and lacking sleep? Are you always struggling to sleep? There is a strong link between loneliness and lack of sleep. A, a, a research in 2011 concluded that lonely individuals do not sleep as well as individuals who feel more connected to other human beings. So you could look at the relationship with sleep in your life, see if you are failing to sleep, you're struggling, you might be very lonely. Are you obsessed with retail therapy? Studies show that individuals who are lonely frequently go out and buy material things. They are constantly buying things. These are academic studies. Are you binge-watching shows? You would think we wouldn't need an academic study for that, but yes, our studies have been done. Just to make it clear, they tell us that loneliness and binge-watching TV are linked. And that is incidentally true for social media addiction. People are lonely watch a lot of social media. They can't turn off their phones. They can't turn off their iPad. They are forever glued to these things. Now, yes, we can justify these things and we can say, no, I'm fine, even though I'm quite into these things. But the studies are clear. This is what the empirical evidence shows. And I'm happy if you see me afterwards to give you more of that to read for yourself. Do you consistently make mountains out of more hills? Again, people who are always stressed are most likely suffering from loneliness. If you're always getting upset about small things, the chances are that you're going through a period of protracted loneliness. There are many other things we could point out, isn't it? What is clear is that one way for us to examine ourselves is to look for these subtle signs and be honest about loneliness we may be feeling. The other way is to look at possible causes of loneliness in our lives. And that brings us to the second point I just want to flag up to us this evening. We've looked at the reality of loneliness. Now the reasons, the reasons for loneliness. What leads us to experience feelings of loneliness? Well, the underlying factor is that changes in circumstances leads us to being disconnected from other human beings. The poet Don John, John Donne famously wrote that no man is an island, right? Entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. So there's no person sat here this evening who sets out to isolate themselves. God created us to be in community with others. But since sin entered our world, we find ourselves in situations where we sometimes lack human friendship and human company. This could happen even for people that may be so-called happily married. You could be lonely in marriage. You could be lonely in church. You could be lonely even when you're in a stadium full of people, all chanting with you. So what causes this? Well, when we look at Paul's situation, we see four factors or reasons that has generated this deep desire and longing for human company in the Apostle Paul. The first thing we see uh, why Paul is longing for human company, first of all, is the first factor is suffering. Suffering. Paul is near the end of his life. He's facing certain death, as we read in verse 6 to 8. He's about to die alone. None of us here have been on death row, I'm sure. 
Well, because there isn't death row in this country. But Paul is at one. And he has only Dr. Luke. And a few others when you read on. Right? And he feels lonely because he's suffering. He says there, isn't it? For I am already being poured out, verse 6, as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. He is about to die. You see, every form of suffering is lonely. Uh, even in a non-serious illness, right? Even if you have a non-serious illness, most likely it will cut you off from other people. So if you have a cold, right, it seems innocuous, but a cold means that you can't go near certain people, perhaps. If, you, if, you, if you're walking and you fall down, it means that perhaps you can't spend Christmas with the people you are hoping to spend Christmas with. We miss out on an outing. We miss out on a party. Suffering does that. And the situation is even worse, actually, when suffering cuts us very deep. Because in moments when suffering cuts us very deep, it, think, of, think of, for example, oh, um, a, a, um, a couple that has lost a child. For a couple that has lost a child, the mother and the father will feel grief differently. It's a fact. The mother will feel grief as a mother. The brother, if there's a brother in the family, will feel grief as a brother. The father will feel grief as a father. No, no person can know your grief except you. So in that moment you're feeling the grief when you've lost someone, you are feeling alone. Suffering isolates us in so many ways in our lives. So suffering causes is a factor that leads to loneliness. The other factor we see in Paul's life here is lost friendship. Paul is not just suffering, he has lost close friends. Most of them for very good reason. Look at verse 10 to verse 12 there. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me, we'll come to him in a moment, and gone to Thessalonica. Crisis has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he's very useful to me. Verse 12. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. He has lost friends, people he has been missing. By the way, if you read chapter 1, verse 15, you also read there that all the churches in Asia have deserted him. That's a lot of people he's invested his life in. Friends. Paul is suffering loneliness because he's lost friends. You know, all of us experience seasons in our lives when we lose friends. When I was young, my family moved here uh, to live in this country from Zambia, and, in Z and I left behind in Zambia some good friends. But I particularly left a very, what, the best friend that I've ever had in my life, uh, George Sampa, and I remember just being here without my friend. We did everything together when we were in Zambia. And uh, that crushed me just coming here. But what crushed me even more was when I learned of his death, to know that I would never see my friend again. A friendship severed leaves you feeling deeply lonely. When people we love are no longer there, when we lose loved ones, these things impact on how we live and how we relate to other people in our lives. So we see there suffering, lost friendship, and then betrayal. 
That's the third factor here. Paul has not just lost friends, he has lost some through painful circumstances. He has been deserted. Verse 10, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. You know, when I became a pastor, I met a man who served as a pastor for two churches. He had served as a pastor for 10 years from two separate churches. And he asked me, Chola, are you planning to become a pastor? I said, I said yeah. He said, you're mad. That was his response. I, said, I think. I said, what, what did you say? I just, I just think you're mad. Why would you want to be a pastor? So I said to him, why? He said to me, I stopped being a pastor because people in church, he said to me, are nasty. I was taken back. Those were his exact words, wonderful English gentleman. But he, for, for a minute, he was speaking about God's people. He's still a Christian and he loves the Lord. Those were his words. He went on to explain to me how much he had suffered in the two churches he had pastored. And now he's doing something completely different. He suffered at the hands of God's allegedly so-called Christians. It is sadly the reality that many we find, many people in churches who profess faith in Jesus, in the end proved to be nothing more than this man Demas. If you know something about this man Demas in verse 10, we know Demas was a close disciple of Paul. Paul had invested his life in him. He's mentioned in Colossians 4 verse 14. Philemon verse 24 is mentioned there. But now he has turned his back on Christ and Paul, and it hurts Paul, doesn't it? Paul says, Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me. Notice Paul doesn't say he has deserted Christ. He has deserted Christ, but this is about him. He feels the pain. He has deserted me, just as the churches in Asia have all deserted him. And he can go on to verse 16 and says, At my first defense, no one, no one came to stand by me. He's saying they all deserted me just like demons. Oh, it crushes us, doesn't it? When we give our lives to others and they abandon us, it makes us feel desolate. We feel our lives are wasted. We feel very alone. Regardless of our station in life. So betrayal causes loneliness. The final factor we see here is opposition. Opposition brings about loneliness. Paul seems to have recently suffered not just betrayal, but arm and opposition from a man the churches knew well. Look at verse 14 there. Alexander the coppersmith did me great arm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. No prayer hattered from Paul there, just a statement. Judge God's justice must be done on this man. Now, we don't know who this Alexander is. It might be the Alexander mentioned in 1 Timothy. We don't know that. Some people say it is, but we don't know. But what we do know is that this man must have been very close to Paul. Perhaps sold him out. That's why Paul is in prison. We don't know. Perhaps something happened at Troas when he was there. Because we know Paul passed through Troas. But what we know is that this man has become a dangerous apostate who not only has deserted Paul, but actually is opposing Paul. You know, it makes us feel deeply alone and isolated when people uh, who are meant to stand with us, whatever area of life we are in, all of a sudden start opposing what we are doing. 
You know, I've seen people in the place of work when I used to be a bullying, anti-bullying announcement advisor where I used to work. I've seen people, they have put in amount of time at work and they've invested themselves at work and all of a sudden they start being bullied by their boss and they are breaking into tears. They feel now opposition at work. They are coming to work, they are putting in their hours, but they are getting opposed from the very people they are working for. That crushes us, doesn't it? And when I've spoken to people, they do not even want to get out of bed. They don't want to go into work. They don't want to bump into horrible colleagues. If they come, they won't go to the canteen. Opposition is lonely. It makes us feel lonely. I wonder as you sit here this evening, what situations are you currently facing that are making you vulnerable to deep feelings of loneliness? Are you facing a period of poor health? You need to be aware, if you are going through a period of suffering, you need to be aware that that suffering you're going through, remember, will automatically mean isolating you from people and it will lead to some degree of loneliness. You need to be aware of that. Are you struggling financially, perhaps? And this burden of providing for your family, perhaps, has left you feeling alone, just a lot on your shoulders. And sometimes that causes disagreements in families, perhaps finding yourself isolated from your spouse. Have your children grown and moved away? Or perhaps they're still around, but they just don't need you anymore. When children move away we have known or become distant from us, they create a void. And you can pretend there's no issue there, or you can admit that it's created some loneliness in your life. Perhaps you're standing up for Jesus at work, and you find yourself very alone indeed at work. It is painful when people talk behind your back for the name of Christ. That creates, that makes you feel alone where you are. Or it's just being family, you don't necessarily share the same faith other people share. You trust in Christ. But they trust in something else, and that leaves you feeling lonely. We need to take an inventory. Where am I susceptible to loneliness in my life? We have seen the subtle signs of loneliness, and we've just now looked at the factors. And the signs and the factors give you something to work with there, isn't it? Because, you see, unless we are willing to admit that we may be experiencing loneliness in our lives, we won't benefit from the remedy that God offers in this passage. And that's my final point this evening, the remedy for loneliness. So we've looked at the reality of loneliness, the reasons for loneliness, and now the remedy, the solution for loneliness. You see, the world has no solution for loneliness. Uh, you can read report after report. Everyone agrees loneliness is a huge problem, and it is getting worse. But the world has no clear solution. It's just stumbling in the dark. Most people say we need more therapy. They will say we need more tools to deal with the subtle signs of loneliness. Or perhaps look at some of the underlying factors. So they will say if you feel isolated, you are encouraged to join a club. Join a club, right? If you find that you are binge-watching television, well, they'll say just sell your TV, right? That will solve the problem of your loneliness. If you are lonely in a relationship, you know what the word tells us? If you are lonely in your marriage, what does the word tell us? The words tell us, no, just find somebody else. Be with people who make you feel good. These are the solutions the world is throwing at us. 
But there's a problem with these solutions. And the problem is that all of these solutions that the world throws at us are rooted in a flawed anthropology. They are rooted in a poor understanding of humanity, poor understanding of human nature, and therefore they are incapable of providing an adequate solution. What do I mean by that? Well, we, experience, we have to first of all start from the basis that we experience loneliness, remember, because God created us from the beginning as relational beings. We were created to live in a perfectly loving community. Adam and Eve. It all starts from there. But we rebelled against God. Sin cut us off from God and his love. And we therefore became fundamentally, first and foremost, spiritually lonely. We need to get that. Spiritual loneliness is a fundamental problem to begin with. There is now in us, in all of us, a part of us that will always be lonely forever if God is not in our lives. All human beings miss God. And that's so wonderful to know, isn't it, when you're doing evangelism. They miss God. And they are searching him in all of these things, trying to find him. Everything they are doing is just a search for God. They miss him. And because they miss God, what it means is that even if we can get people to love us, they will never be able to cure this deep spiritual loneliness in us. Yes, for a time, you will think therapy and being with someone will cover your inner emptiness. But after a while, you notice that marriage can never solve your loneliness. <laughs> You're married, you know that already. It just compounds it. More issues to deal with in marriage. So if you're a lonely young man, you, you get married, right, to hide from your loneliness, and you find someone, you get married, you think that will solve your loneliness. But you find that that marriage, actually, you've gone into, will not satisfy, will not deal with that issue. And I see many young people getting married to escape loneliness. But how can damaged good bring anything good out of a marriage? It can't. So the answer is not to deal with spiritual loneliness by trying to look to human answers. No. That echo of loneliness will keep appearing time and time again because, as I said, there is a part of you that needs a deeper remedy. You need God himself to fill you. So that is the first remedy to loneliness. It's to recognize that there's a spiritual aspect to it, which is spiritual loneliness, and we need Jesus to deal with that. And we see this in Paul's life, don't we? Why is Paul not committing suicide in that memetine prison? What is holding him together in this period of intense loneliness? As I said, none of us have been on death row. How can Paul survive? Second imprisonment. Remember, he's had all sorts of beatings and everything else he talks about. How is he doing this? Because you see, the answer is in verse 17 and 18. Verse 17 says, But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed. And though the Gentiles might hear it. Verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Paul is saying the Lord Jesus Christ stands by his people and strengthens us when we are lonely, when we feel lonely. Jesus, if you are in Christ, Jesus is always with you as your bodyguard. 
your sustainer, your ever-present King, your merciful, gracious, faithful, and strong Lord. He is with you now, not just in this life, through his Holy Spirit. He will be with you forever, even through death. He will bring you safely into his amazing kingdom. And that's why Paul ends with worship. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. The issue of spiritual loneliness for Paul has been sorted out. Our comfort in loneliness is that if we are in Jesus, God will not allow us to be shipwrecked. We will finish the race because we are his. And if you're in Christ, you know that already. You know you have his love in your loneliness. Jesus loves you and is fond of you, as I like to say. He cannot get enough of you because he has purchased you with his own blood. He died for you to bring you to himself. He endured the stench of human stench of sin just for you. He's not the living kind. He's not going to leave you behind. His name, your name is written on his heart. Every moment he thinks, he's thinking of you. Are you thanking Jesus that even though your place of work is against you, Jesus is standing by Even though you may be single and it's hard being single, you know that God's spirit is strengthening you. Are you thanking Jesus for that? Are you thanking him that he will never leave you nor forsake you? Are you setting your hope on Jesus, as Paul does here, that no matter what happens, Jesus has my back and he will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom? That's the first remedy. The first remedy is that all of us here have to be sure this issue of spiritual loneliness has been taken care of by, by being clear that we have truly repented and surrendered to Christ. If we have done that, the big problem has been taken care of. The second remedy for your loneliness we see here is God's family. It's God's family. Do your best, Paul says in verse 9, to come to me soon. That's important. It's important we get that. And I hope what you read this, it surprises you. The poor who has Jesus in his life, knows everything, still needs Timothy, still needs Mark. What's going on? What's going on here is that when sin entered the world, it not only fractured our relationship with God, our rebellion against God fractured our human relationship. So the cause of effect works from spiritual loneliness leads to human loneliness. That's quite important. All the causes of our disconnection from people around us is rooted in original human sin. Suffering has entered the world. Lost friendship now happen in a fallen world. Betrayal, opposition, all of these things as a result of the fall. It all goes back to Genesis. Sin has ruined our relationship. It has robbed us of a true society. It puts us at each other's throats. It turns love into hatred. Sin is a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. And sin turns us into a lonely society. In the words of Emily Dickinson, the soul selects our own soul. Listen to this. The soul selects our own soul and then shuts the door. Individualism. That's what sin does. We are like this because we have kicked God out of the garden. We are like this because we are sinners. 
But notice, it is not to say if we have God in our lives, there will be no loneliness, human loneliness. That's why important. Rather, when we have God, it cures the spiritual loneliness, which then enables us to cope with any human loneliness we may experience. And the way God helps you to cure your human loneliness it's not by giving you a better job. It's not by giving you a spouse. It's not by giving you children. It's not by giving you a better government. God's blueprint to cure your human loneliness in this life is by giving you what? God's family. God's family. It's very interesting. The Holy Spirit is there, of course, to nature you, but in these scriptures, what Paul needs it's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit he already has. What Paul is looking for is the church now. The church that he knows is left to nurture him. And so the answer to human loneliness, that God, God's answer to it, remember he's taking care of spiritual loneliness, is to give us this new family of God where we start receiving love from God through his people, the church. We start receiving, listen, human love from God. Am I making a mistake? No. Because the church is the vehicle that God uses to communicate his divine love to us in where which we can receive it as human beings. And the vehicle he uses is the body, flesh and blood, people that are connected to Jesus, his son. That's why the church is still here. It's to nature you in this world. And that is the big truth Paul wants us to see here. Paul is not ashamed to ask his fellow brothers to be with him. Paul is not even looking to his human family. He's not calling up a cousin or a relative to come and help him out. Who is Paul calling, beloved? He's calling. It's not that those things are not important. It is that he's calling the church to rise up. Paul is modeling to all of us that we need this second remedy to our loneliness. We need each other in person, caring for each other. I am convinced, beloved, that Paul, if he was here today, he still wouldn't have been happy just doing first time with Timothy. He would still have asked him, do your best to come to me. Just as John told Gaius, the pain is sufficient, but I need to see you face to face. I've got a lot to see, to talk. Paul needs flesh and blood. And God loves us through flesh and blood of his people. The church is God's gift in your loneliness. But to benefit from it, you must do two quick things. And I know I've spoken for a while, but I don't talk about loneliness for a long time. Two quick things you need to do to benefit from the church as a gift. First thing, open your life up to us. Open your life up to us, brother. Open your life up to us, sister. Open your life up to us. To be your true family. Start asking people to come, people around here, to come to enter your life, to enter your home, to enter your schedules. Start drawing us into your life. 
Your home cannot be worse than this prison cell, the poison. If Paul is not ashamed to invite Timothy to come to a prison cell, you should not be ashamed of inviting people into your homes. Open your life up to us. That's my plea on behalf of the church. Open up to us. Because that's the first thing you need to do if you are going to benefit from us as a church. The second thing is make yourself available to us. We have needs as a church. But we need you to be available to help us as a church. If you are lonely, you qualify. Because if you are, if you are going through a period of loneliness, suffering, that is what we need for us. I'm not interested in somebody talking to me about loneliness who has never experienced it. I'm not interested in being comforted by somebody who has never gone through difficult suffering. I want to know somebody who just doesn't just know the word of God theoretically, but has lived it. And so the, the suffering you've experienced, that is God's gift to us as a church for you to be used by God to strengthen us. God has clearly made your experience of human loneliness, has given that to you. So stop fearing for yourself in that. Use it to invest in us as his people. You have this letter. How do you have this letter? You have this letter in front of you because Paul used his experience and wrote about it to Timothy. And this letter, these words we've looked at, have helped many Christians for many years looking at Paul. It has encouraged some of us who have faced desertions in our lives. It has encouraged some of us who have experienced great betrayals. It has encouraged some of us in moments in which we have felt profoundly alone. Paul used that experience. He was open about it. If you are open about that, God would use that as well. You know, a time is coming when one day you face Jesus. And I think he will most likely ask you, let's pull up the file, Grace Baptist Church, Bexley If. All those sermons you have heard, let's have a look at them. What did you do with them? What did you do with them? I think the Lord will ask that. For you were just asleep through them. No, you weren't. I can see you were wide awake. You had, but you didn't apply it. Let us not enter heaven with shame, beloved. Let us hear the word applied. If you're trusting in Jesus, I encourage you to use this word and apply it to your life. Go to Jesus. Ask him to help you obey it. Ask him to use your loneliness for his glory. He's already cured spiritual loneliness. But the human loneliness that remains is there helping you and he wants to use it for his glory.